0: Going on in their lives. It's been like a year and a half since you've been back, right? Yeah, yeah about a
1: year and a half. Um, yeah, it's great to be back. It's been yeah, like you said, a year and a half since we've been here, and uh, this is our home church. Um, some of you know definitely, and uh, so it's great to be here again. Um, real quick update on what we're doing there. Um, I personally am keeping busy with. I, I still do a lot of the office stuff there. I keep up with um, a lot of the details, finances, group scheduling, stuff like that. Um, it's really where my heart is to kind of support to uh, support the ministry. So I really enjoy what I do there. Um, Christy is, um, she's in charge of all the birthday, uh, parties for the Casa Gars, the children's homes that we work with. Um, so she makes sure that the kids feel special on their birthdays and, um, provides that ministry for them that way. Um, quick ministry update. This is super quick, but, um, this is definitely not my thing, but, a <laughs> uh, quick ministry update. Um, we have now about 42 to 44 students living on campus full time. And what they're doing is they're actually, they came from the Casa Gars and they came to finish their high school and college education um, so we've actually had six students graduate the program. It's been really exciting to see them kind of move on and um, transition into real life. So it's been great. And uh, thank you all for being, or letting us be here. And it's great to see everybody again.
0: Thanks. Just a quick update. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I said this in first service. Uh, Steve and Chris here are two of the most humble people you're ever going to meet. And uh, Todd Guckenberger is the executive director of back-to-back ministries now. And Todd comes to board meetings. And he'll always say that if if he had to choose between Steve and his wife, Beth, it'd be kind of a toss-up, because Steve is so incredibly valuable to him. You know, a lot of times people think, well, I'm the -the behind-the-scenes type of person, and that's not as important as the upfront person, baloney. We're the body of Christ. And without what, you know, I I actually didn't say this first service, but I remember uh, just the frustration that it is when you're... When you're on the field, when you're in the mission field, and I'm talking to Todd or Beth or the other missionaries, and they have to do all that work all the receipts and keeping track of all the finances and the transfers and the groups coming in and what's going on and all the details when you have to do that by yourself, and that's really not your area of giftedness, it's overwhelming. That's what really burns you out. It's not as much being on the, on the mission field and, and doing what God has called you to do when you feel led to do and you feel confident in doing. It's those things where you don't feel confident that really end up burning people out. And it's, you know, with Steve and Christie there, uh, working hand in hand, back to back, side by side with those, with those folks in Mexico, it's that team that really has built that into the ministry it is today. And you mentioned the kids that are graduating. How many? Six? And just to let you know, just to give you a quick overview of that, we've got kids coming out of these Hogares, these children, children's homes, who've been, in, you know, basically in an institution their entire lives, and through back-to-back ministries in Mexico, those kids are able to come into to homes with house parents, and they go through 11th and 12th grade, correct, and then college, and then some on their master's. I think some are working, on, is Rodolfo going to his master, get his master's degree? He is, yeah. So you've got kids that are on the low end of the to- lower end of the totem pole now who are way up here because they're getting educated. Kids who shuffled their feet when they were 11 years old and told me, I have no idea what I want to do in life, now speak six languages and are going for their master's degree in international business. And these are the, the little orphan kids that we work with. So that ministry, you guys are doing a tremendous, tremendous job. You really are. <laughs> we're so proud. So proud of it. You know, we've been in this series, um, Conversations with a Happy Heathen. My friend Anne-Marie and I have been going back and forth. We still are and talking about different things all the time. And I, I kind of took a little, a little, a little sidetrack here uh, during the Christmas season because it, it's so important that as we talk to people and we share our, our faith with people, that it's not just all intellectual. The head and the heart need to work together. I don't think I'll ever argue someone into the kingdom of God. I don't think that I'm so intelligent that my intellect is going to win over the arguments and somehow they're going to be swept up into the kingdom of God. What usually happens is obviously use your intellect to, to lay aside some of the questions that people have. But at the end of the day, it is a step of faith. It's the head and the heart working together. No matter what you choose to do in life, it is the head and the heart working together that makes anything successful. And it comes down to the same thing in your faith. You need the intellect to understand who God is, and you take that, ultimately take that step of faith. So over the last month or so, we've been, we've been kind of in, in this whole realm of Christmas, this whole season of Christmas, looking at the person of Jesus Christ. We, we kind of laid out an argument for the existence of God. Then we started talking about, really, who is this God? It's, it's fine to say that God created and that we can all agree that this didn't happen by chance. It's not just some random act that something brought all of this universe into being. But then you have to ask the question, you know, is this an, imp- is this an impersonal God or a personal God? And we come to the point that it's a personal God. And then who is this God and who is Jesus Christ? And that's what we've been talking about all during this time, this Christmas season. Christmas is a time of joy. It is an incredible time of joy. It is, it's a time that we get to come together and build memories. It's a time of building up those memories. But, you know, I realized as I was writing this sermon, not all Christmas memories are good ones. Sometimes they're, you know, sometimes they're difficult memories. I remember uh, this Christmas of 1969. Shows how old I am. I was seven years old in 1969, do the math, um, 47, that'll help you out, uh, six, 1969, seven years old, my brother was nine years old, and we were driving to Virginia uh, to go to my uncle's funeral. And as we were driving to Virginia my uncle's funeral, we ended up staying on Christmas Eve and on Christmas Day in a motel room, and uh, you know, I have, it's amazing, at seven years old, I still have feelings. It's not, you know, the memories are there, but the feelings are more intense than the memories. I remember opening up a few gifts in this small little motel room and sitting on the bed. Um, it was a really difficult time for my family at that point. My, my parents were, were, were separated, and, uh, and it was a stressful time. But the loss of my uncle to cancer at 32 years old brought our family back together, really, for the last time. My parents were separated, but because of that incident and because of that whole tragedy of my uncle, it brought us back together for really the last time it was it was a really bitter sweet christmas and I don't just say that for myself, obviously for my brother and also for my my parents. It was one of those real bittersweet Christmases, um, kind of a challenging I'm sure each of us at different times remembers back to a Christmas that was more of a challenging christmas I'm sure the the first Christmas for Mary and joseph was a challenging one as well. You know, being seven years old and having your Christmas Eve and Christmas Day in a in a motel room is 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 difficult. Uh, but being parents and and having a newborn in a and being in a stable, having to stay in a stable with a newborn um, is probably in a category by itself. You think of all the Christmases you've had, you're probably thinking of, you know, I was home but I would have rather have been in the motel room because when my relatives come, you know what I mean? It's like, why don't I get a hotel room, you guys stay here, and then we'll just, you know, that's usually what the challenge is for many of us at Christmas. But remember, think of Mary and Joseph and the challenge that they had uh, that very first Christmas. For Jesus, I really believe that that, that event um, helped him in his, in his life mission. From the very beginning of Jesus' experiences, it allowed Jesus to be able to sympathize and empathize with the people that he came to serve. Jesus came as a suffering servant. And from the very, very beginning, his birth, Jesus could truly empathize and sympathize with those that he came to serve. Love came down. Love came down. That's the theme of today. That's the theme of tonight. Love came down, and tonight at 5.30, we're going to come back together, and we're going to celebrate that love. Now, very quickly, um, you know, we have tickets. Uh, this, is, this is a challenging time of the year. where We're selling the tickets for $5. You can't afford $5. It doesn't matter. We're only trying to cover the cost of some of the musicians that we had to have bring in. Come tonight with or without a ticket, bring a bunch of people with you, totally fine. You want to throw something in the offering as a, as a gift or that's totally fine. We just want to make sure everyone's here tonight so we can celebrate this day together. Think of today as one long worship service, one long one long service together Love came down. So We'll start this morning. We'll go throughout the day. Make sure you don't get, out of, the, don't get your, out of the mindset of worship today. Pray all day long. Think about what Christ has done for you. Celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ and how that's impacted your life and the life of those around you. Let's just celebrate this entire day as a day that love came down, and we'll start now, and we'll end it tonight sometime later tonight, because love truly, truly came down Christmas for a lot of people is a time of giving and getting gifts. It's a time to, it's really, it's a time to buy gifts. Sometimes because you kind of have to, you know, people do it because they have to. They're out buying gifts and they think, oh, okay, here's my list. I I have to buy gifts. And when you have to buy gifts, many times they're impersonal. And when you have impersonal gifts, you know what you end up doing with impersonal gifts, right? Let me run down a list of a few things you do with impersonal gifts. First, you have the re-gift. All right? The regift. Don't don't stare at me like you have no idea. What? Say that again? Regift? Uh is that a theological term? I've never really heard it before. The regift, you know what I'm talking about. Someone gives you a gift and you're like, Oh, that's great. Thanks. And you put it up on the shelf and you think, well, you know, you, know, you, you kind and of you, and you, here's what you don't want to do, though,? Okay? you don't want to put it on the shelf for too long, and then give it back to the person because you forgot they gave it to you because it was so impersonal, you really didn't remember who gave it to you, and you give it back to them, and they, and they catch you and you're like "Oh, no, it was so amazing that I wanted to get you one two years later." All right? How many people have ever gotten have Well, how many of people have ever given a gift give back to the person who gave it to them by accident? Anybody pass up to that? There was like three or four people in the first service. They're a lot on it more honest than you guys are. <laughs> All right. I've never re-gifted because I'm not a sinner like the rest of you, okay? <laughs> so you got the re-gift. Then you have the return it gift, right? The gift that you get and you're like, oh, man, wow, wow, the complete series of golden girls. How did you know I wanted that? I mean, it's a, oh my goodness, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I never saw Golden Girls, but now I'm going to watch the whole thing. And you, oh, you take that, and you, take, you get in your car, and you drive right back to Target where they got it, you know what I mean? And you give it back, and you kind of, so you take, it's a take-back gift. And then you have the obligation gift. You know, someone comes up to you at work or whatever else, and they, and they give you, oh, Merry Christmas, you had, you had no intention of buying them a gift, but now they gave you one, so you have the obligation gift. Now you have to buy them a gift, and you're like, oh, thanks so much. Merry Christmas to you. I have a gift for you, too. It's at home. Liar. Or I have to go back to the store and get it, and then next day you show up with cheeses from around the world. You know, I thought of you. You know what I mean? The cheesiest person I know. No, yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I had to get the, I had to, here's my gift to you, you know, and you share that gift and it's, oh, it's from the it's from, it's from somewhere. I don't know where it's from. It ain't from the heart. My favorite gift, my favorite gift growing up. Uh, and some of you, if you're older, may remember this. And maybe they still have them. How many people got soap on a rope growing up? Come on, there you go. Soap on a rope. Who sold soap on a rope? What company was that? Avon, my mother was an Avon lady or something. So every year I get a Volkswagen on a rope or something else on a rope. It was like a weapon. You could smack people with it. You know what I mean? Backseat of your car, you just smack your brother in the back of the head. Soap on a rope. Dangerous weapon. That was one of my favorite gifts growing up. It was like every year, you know, you knew you were gonna get soap on a rope. Anybody have a gift that you get every single year? You don't really don't don't raise your hand. I'm just kidding. Don't don't. I used to hate clothes. I was like, I mean, I was, who gives clothes? I mean, it's Christmas, my goodness. Now, that's all I want is clothes. But before, it was like socks, all that kind of stuff. You ever get the, the, the uh, you know, the pack of underwear? It's like, why do you give me a pack of underwear? It's just something else to open, you know what I mean? Oh, what is it? Pack of underwear. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> oh, God's, God's example of gift giving is a little bit different. God's, God's gifts are a little bit different. God didn't give us. It doesn't give us a gift because he has to. He didn't give us a gift because it's just, you know, or it's just another gift. God gave us the greatest gift of all, the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. He promised in Isaiah chapter 7 in verse 14, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And then you'll call him Emmanuel. And then in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23, it tells us what Emmanuel means, God with us. God with us. God gave us the ultimate gift of his son, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel. God with us. God came to us in person, in the person of Jesus Christ. Think about that, okay? Don't let, don't, make this, make this the first time you've ever heard this. Pretend it's the first time you've ever heard this and grasp these concepts. It's amazing that God came to us in the person of Jesus Christ. In John chapter 1 and verse 14, it says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. God put on human flesh, came and dwell among us. It's personal. It's personal. Christianity is not a religion, an impersonal religion. It is a relationship. God with us, God in the flesh, God dwelling with us and in us through the Holy Spirit. It is personal. God's gift was himself, himself in human flesh so that we could know him on a very intimate level. Do you ever realize that the greatest gifts, the most significant gifts are are the personal gifts? The greatest gifts that you receive, the most perfect gift for you is a real personal gift. When someone thinks about you as a person and, and what you really enjoy. And I'll tell you, most of the time, the, the, some of the greatest gifts that we ever receive aren't the most expensive ones, are they? It's when someone actually thought through and thought about us and what, you know, the gift, like buying for someone who has everything kind of thing. No one has everything. And I'll, if you can think of a person and think of what their likes and dislikes are and what really matters to them, what's, what, what really gets their blood boiling in a good way and makes them passionate about something, those gifts are so meaningful. The most personal gifts are, are the ones that are the most perfect gifts for people, those intimate gifts his Christmas gift is perfect for everyone. Perfect God's Christmas gift is perfect for everyone because it comes to each of us wherever we are and whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. Whatever circumstances you circumstance you find yourself in right now, whatever you're going through, God's gift to you is so personal in his son Jesus Christ it is perfect for whatever you're going through wherever you are in your life right now jesus christ like i said in the very beginning jesus can empathize jesus can sympathize jesus understands it's not some god out there who's looking down and kind can't really figure out what's going on and kind of understands because he's god but Jesus Christ came in the flesh. He understands, God truly understands what you're going through, what you're feeling, why you're feeling the way you're feeling, that loneliness, that difficulty, that stress. God understands those things because he came in human flesh and made his dwelling among us. Marilyn Scott has that relationship with God. She's received that gift in her life. And one of the things that I want to do this morning is give people an opportunity to share how God has truly impacted them as they've received Jesus Christ as that gift in their lives. Let me pull this over for you.
2: Get it closer at the end. Good morning. Good morning. Okay. All right. Um, I'm... Um, and Scott and my wonderful pastor called and said would you share your testimony you have five minutes <laughs> 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 those of you who know me know that entails I woke up this morning thank you Jesus <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> okay all right but my gift is a different gift it's a gift of relationship it really is uh, relationship with God relationship with his son relationship with his word Um, I'm what they call blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Um, Six years ago, my husband died uh, the eve before Thanksgiving uh, in the lung transplant center down in Louisville. And Dave had been one of those guys that um, loved the Lord, you know, committed and and dedicated, to God and he still ended up with me. So that's what I can say. <laughs> well, they told him that he had pulmonary fibrosis. He would live three years. Dave in his stubbornness and in his faith lived 13 years.
1: Mm.
2: He had girls to raise. Um, when I was down at the transplant center and we were there all, all, it seemed like we were there forever. There was a lady who obviously did not know Christ and she was Her husband was having some type of surgery, something equivalent to having a mole or something taken off his neck or something, but no big opening up your heart, open up your lungs, open up your body, that kind of thing. But there was something about her, so I kept listening to God, and I went over and prayed with her and stayed with her most of the day and um, shared my love for Jesus Christ with her. But then they came out and told me that Dave didn't make it. And so I had to go home on Thanksgiving morning from Louisville and say, your dad went home to be with the Lord. That's a hard place. That's wasn't in the plans. It wasn't, you know, part of what we were doing and how we were doing things. We were doing basketball and soccer and you know, we were one of those families. But I remember sitting in my house on Thanksgiving day and there were women everywhere. They had come from everywhere. We had a um, network list for rehab that mom would be traveling back and forth to Louisville and, you know, you would stay with so-and-so and and -and so-and-so would transport you. But they were at my house on Thanksgiving Day. And I remember saying to one of my oldest girl's friends when she was sitting there, I said, this is what the body of Christ does. They show up at your house. I I wasn't aware of a whole lot, but... They were everywhere. They were in the, I mean, women who had never been to my house before, they showed up on Thanksgiving. They skipped their turkey, they skipped their dressing, and came to my house. And they attended to my girls where I couldn't possibly have because you go to this place when your best friend dies. And so they were there. They were everywhere. I mean, they were everywhere. And I kept going, this is what the body. This is what a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ does. And so I remember um, saying, okay, Lord, just show me what to do next and, and how, to, how to do it. Because I never planned to be a widow. I just said it. his stubbornness and his faith kept him for 13 years. So we never thought that he wouldn't get up off the transplant table. you go down and get a new whatever it is and you come back home and, you know, you live that life. Well... One night, in the middle of the night, my, one of my daughters, my precious daughters, uh, was sitting in the dining room where Dave had kept his oxygen tank. And um, I heard some motion, so I went downstairs, and I saw her. She was sitting Indian-style on the floor, and she was writing on the wall, Lord, I just want my dad back. And not dad, daddy. I want my daddy back. That's enough to take your heart to a place that you know that if you didn't know his word said he'll heal the brokenhearted, you would just crack into pieces and never recover. But me being who I am in my relationship with God, I went into prayer. That's who I am. That's what I do. God, I know that you said I could call on you and you would answer me. I know you said that you would be a father to the fatherless. I know you said that you'll never forsaken me. You'll never fail me. She's writing on the wall, I want my daddy back. And I don't have an answer for her, and it's the middle of the night. Well, what happened after that was God opened some doors and we moved to a new place. We had to have a new start, we had to have a fresh start. And in our relationship, you know, our courtship for three years and our marriage for 17 years, I did my job. I raised the kids, I taught them how to read and write. You know, we went to every park in the city. You know, I did my job. I never mowed the lawn. I never put a nail in the wall. Matter of fact, I was convinced if I ever put a nail in the wall, the wall and the house would come down. <laughs> so it was one of those things where I, I moved into this house and these dads showed up. My kids went to the CHCA for years we've been there forever and I'm still there um, trying to make things work and um, they showed up they put things together they hung nails in the wall they assembled a, a, a closet for one of the girls I mean they did every they did everything and We laughed and we cried and we had a good time and some of the dads, because we've raised our kids together, they assemble things that they don't assemble at home. So, of course, I said, I'm telling your wife. (laughs) That's my sister in Christ and you don't do all that at home. And I've heard her complain. So, but he he still kept coming back and so they come back all the time. One of the times they came back, I had said, the wind is so strong and it's so cold that in the sunroom, the wind and the cold comes right through the sunroom so we came up with an idea of get a screen door for that door well i don't want to offend anybody because i had heard something about this from first service but one of them was a chemical engineer one of them was an attorney Uh, another one was an engineer the other two dads one was a a cfo or something but there were about five or six of them it took them four hours to put on a screen door And and I want you to hear me say this, highly intelligent brothers in Christ committed to get the four hours to put on a screen door. And so there was, a couple wives were there and you know, we cleaned windows and we sat out in the yard and we laughed and we had a good time. And my kids laughed. And they laughed and they laughed and they laughed. And I was happy to see that and And it was one of those things that gets to your heart, gets to my kids were laughing. There were dads there doing what their dad used to do because I never mowed the lawn, people. I I had an aversion to grass. (laughs) (laughs) But one of the things that kept me was his word and my relationship with his word and my relationship with the body of Christ who were also committed to his word. So we got closer and we grew more and we learned more because as one of, and I forgot to share earlier was one of the dads pulled me to the side and said to me, he said, I never thought Dave would die. Dave came to father's group. Dave, you know, he, he did the ministry. He did the work and that we never thought Dave would die. And I said, you knew him like I knew him stubborn as all get out, but he didn't make it. He went home to be with the Lord. And so I keep saying it's a relationship with the word. So I did what I do, I prayed, I went into fasting and prayer and I said, okay, God show me what to do next. Well, my oldest child graduated right after that from high school and went off to college 11 hours away. I had to really trust God. How do you leave town and your dad just died and your family's just, I mean, we're just barely making it and okay, well, She graduated this past May. And she wanted her grandmothers there. And she wanted her uncle there. And she wanted her aunt there. And I'm going, babe, we're trying to make things work. But I'll do what I can do. And one of our family members said to me, Marilyn, don't worry, you'll get there. And we were half an hour out of where her school was. And she called on the cell phone and said, Mom, I made cum laude. Mm -hmm. Now you're driving 11 hours (laughs) and you're taking care of senior citizens and and she says, mom, I mean, so you wanna scream but the traffic is backed up. So everybody else gets to do the screaming. And then on top of that, you're thinking, oh, if Dave had been here for this. Because uh, seriously, I made the Dean's List twice, not Dean's List all four years. So you get excited and you go, Thank you, God, and in your tears rolling down your face while everybody else is celebrating, you thank God that she took this opportunity seriously, and God, you were with her. You never failed us. You never forsaken us. Mm-hmm. So you just thank God for that. Then I need to, as my, youngest am says, to stay on task, so I had to breathe fast. Okay. After Jesse graduated... Um, And we took all the grandmas up, and they'd never had a grandchild graduate from college before. Everybody was really excited. And I had a good time, but I thought about relationship. And so we ended up having a little celebration here at home, and people came. And they congratulated Jesse. And Jesse said, but, Mom, this is not over. I've applied to some schools. I've got into some schools, and I want to go back to Nigeria. Well, that means I back the story up just a little bit to Jeff Greer. Our first trip to Nigeria where they were taking people, he took Jess. She ran out the door, hollering, Mom, Jeff said I could go. Jeff said you could go where? (laughs) He said I could go to Nigeria. Well, the bug was started again because she got the bug at 12 when she went to Mexico. So she's off to Nigeria again. And I go, okay, you just came back home. She said, I'm not going right now. I said, I'm not going. I said, okay, all right. Thank you for that (laughs) because you just graduated from college. We kind of like to see you. And so I say to this, it's about who God is in your life. The gift is Jesus Christ. The the gift is his word in your life. The gift is Emmanuel pressed on my forehead because when I cry at night or Dave's not there for an event or... Something happens, you go, God is with you, and it is a great gift. Mm. It is an awesome gift. And you look around the room even today, and you say, Marilyn, you could not have done this without the body of Christ. Mm. I've got two more to graduate, and I'm thanking God already that, guess what? He's still a God with us. Amen. (laughs) No, it's good. We worship in the corner over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some Sunday mornings, if you want to see worship going on,
0: turn around instead of looking up here. Uh, some dancing and all kinds of good things. Oh, thank you so much, Marilyn, for that. God is truly with us in, in powerful, powerful ways. God came personally to Mary and Joseph and to the shepherds and to the wise men, and he comes personally to us today. He comes in a personal way in our lives. The name Jesus means Lord, the Lord saves. God's son came to save his people from their sin. God sent his son into our lives to impact our lives and to save us from our own sin. His gift is for everyone. No one is left out. And for those of us who know Jesus Christ, for those of you even this morning who received Jesus Christ into your life, you will truly understand, maybe for the first time ever, the joy of Christmas, what Christmas is really all about. Romans ten thirteen says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. God gave us this gift of love. It was truly a gift of love. He came, listen, he came in person for every person. He came in person in the flesh for every single person. God gave us the gift of his son Jesus Christ. It is an eternal gift. It is truly the gift that keeps on giving because God created us. And because God created us, he knows us and he knows what we need. He knows what you and I both need, he knows what all of us need. He understands what we're going through. He didn't make a list and check it twice before he ended up giving us the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, because he knows you. He created you. He knows that we're all different and we're going to need different things. But the person of Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, answers all of those questions, meets all of those needs... For every single one of us. You see, it brings the true meaning of Christmas to life. It brings Christmas to life when you understand the nature of God. In the Psalms, David talks about God's nature. He talks about God's faithfulness and God's mercy and God's compassion and God's forgiveness and God's holiness and God's majesty and God's righteousness. But yet all through all those things that I just laid out, the one thing that David talks about most is God's steadfast love that God loves us, that regardless of whether you love Him or not, or whether you want to serve Him or not, or whether you're living your life for Him or not, He loves you. In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, it says, But when the time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. In 1 John chapter 4, verses fourteen, 15 and 16, it tells us, for anyone, if anyone acknowledged that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. His gift was not based on how much we love him, but on how much he loves us. It doesn't matter where you are in your life right now. It doesn't matter where, if, you're, if, you're, if you are laden in sin, if you are living a life that is so far outside of God, He still loves you, and you don't have to work your way to Him. You just need to receive that gift of love that He's offering to you. People all the time say, I want to become a Christian, but first I have to be a better person. Bologna, you don't have to be a better person. You become a better person, you become righteous in Christ when you receive Christ. So God, it's not about how much we loved him, it's about how much he loved us and gave his son for us. God gave us Jesus Christ to bring a wholeness, a wholeness. In this world where we face so many burdens and so many struggles, God gave us his son Jesus Christ to bring us a completed life so that we can live for him and fulfill what he's called us to be and do. His love touches our hearts in so many ways. And I ask Mark Hyland also to come and share this morning how God has impacted and touched his life in a very, very profound way.
3: Uh, my name is Mark Hyland, and uh, my story today is um, experience that I had with uh, cancer. I'm a cancer survivor. Uh, it started about 10 years ago. And uh, if I could just ask, you know, how many people have either experienced cancer themselves, had family members, friends, relatives that have had cancer? Could you just raise your hand for a minute? Yeah. Very similar to the first service. Probably 90 or so percent of percent of people. Um, and. Uh, my experience started um, when I woke up one day and I had a little pimple on my lip and uh, so you know like anything I just kinda watched it and thought oh, no big deal and then I, after a couple weeks I'm pretty much a baby I go to the doctor pretty right away doctor said I don't think it's a big deal let's we'll just have it cut off so we one of the things I did I scheduled and I went in for inpatient and had it cut off and to show you how little we took it you know, took it seriously. We uh, we loaded up our family, and we've gone on a family vacation. We were, we drove down to Destin right after that happened, I and mean, literally, I came out of the office and we went to Destin. And uh, but when we got back, we got I got a call from the doctor and said, "Hey, you really need to come in. I need to see you. It's something that we need to talk to you about." And uh, if that's ever happened to you, you know that that's normally not a good sign. So I knew something was up, just didn't know what it was. So I went, saw the doctor, and he said. Uh, Mark, I have some bad news for you. And he go, "Okay." Uh, he said, "You have uh, uh, a cancer called Merkel cell, and uh, it's very rare. Uh, as a matter of fact, to our knowledge, no one in Cincinnati or the the area has that has ever had it. Uh, there's 200 cases, and that we're aware of. Uh, it's very fatal cancer, and uh, uh, you know we're going to take this thing real seriously because if it is spread, you basically have two to three months to live." And uh, there's nothing like hearing that, you know, you, you count our breaths that we take. And for somebody to say, hey, that your breaths are going to come to an end uh, is pretty, uh, pretty sobering. So uh, obviously it impacted me. And right away I went home and talked to my wife, Peggy, who's down here, and uh, I said, you know, we need to talk. And uh, so I, I, you know, talked to Peggy and said, hey, this is what, what I have. And uh, those of you who Bible study with Peggy and you know she's a very faithful woman, a uh, prayer warrior, always has been. And uh, so I remember her saying, no, you know, the diagnosis is wrong. The doctors are wrong. You, you just don't have that. And I remember saying, yeah, yeah no, I do. And, uh, you know, it's time for your faith and my faith to show. You know, we've helped other people. We've talked the talk. And now it's, it's our time. You know, it's our time to demonstrate our faith. So, um, you know, love came down to us at, at that moment. Uh, I had a piece about it and said, "Hey, this is just something you're going to have to deal with, and you have to give this to the Lord because there's there's nothing there's no way that I can personally deal with it. It's it's in the Lord's hand. So, what this did for me, it it, it started to activate my faith in a way that I had never uh, experienced. And one of the one of the gifts that that came to me was just at that point and through this experience now ten years later is just an unbelievable um, view of the spiritual realm you know before that time i never really lived or thought in the spiritual realm but and i'll I'll explain that a little bit more but it for me it was really understanding the spirituality that we're here on earth um, and there's there's a lot going on that we don't see unless we we train our eyes properly so one of the gifts that uh, at that, that time, it just activated our faith. And um, one of the things, uh, uh, another part of this is, before, two months before this, uh, Peggy was, was at church, and a man showed up in the back of church, and Peggy had never seen before, uh, or had seen this man before, and he came up to her and uh, said, I have two medals for you, and I'd really like you to have these. So it didn't make sense to her and they were from Medjugorje uh, and uh, supposedly, for those of you who don't know Medjugorje, it's outside of Rome and it's a place where it has a healing powers and Mary has been seen. And so Peggy's like, okay, you know, and she, she said to me at the time, I don't know why this person has given it to me. And to me, it's not about the medals, it's about, it's about faith. So so she lived in faith, and then when I was diagnosed, it was obvious who one of those medals we were going to go to so Peggy gave me the medal I wore it on my clothes actually wore it on my gowns through my surgeries and other things and just felt that that was that was part of experiencing my faith it was a sign sign of our faith um, so one of the things that uh, I went through a, they call it a, a neck dissection which they cut your neck open and they check all your lymph nodes those were clean so that was a real blessing um, was the first time but you're not really done yet so the doctor said hey you know what we really want to give you the full Monty so you're going to get chemo full chemo full radiation I did that and like a lot of people my hair fell out all your vanity's gone by the way (laughs) when you have chemo needles in you and your hair falls out and um, so it's taught me a a couple lessons uh, in, in my faith is one is you know, every, everything starts that you have to give, give that to God. We really can't control those things. And at that time, like I said, it act- activated my uh, faith, gave me really an awareness of, of the spiritual realm that I had never experienced before. Um, one of the things that I did, also the gift was, you know, after I went through my things, I, I had, we had these two medals. And so I said to, to Peg, I really felt called. There was a lady who I had who worked with, uh, named audrey who had been a long time cancer uh... breast cancer survivor but the doctors had said to audrey you know uh, you put up a good fight but they had found uh, four tumors brain tumors in her in her head uh, her lungs were filled with tumors and they they sent audrey home and audrey was thirty five you know she had three little children beautiful little kids and uh, they so they sent audrey home and, and uh... so audrey came back and she, she was a work associate and i just felt called By the Spirit of God to um, talk to Audrey, and so I asked Peg for permission for one of the medals, and again, symbolic of of our faith, and went and talked to Audrey. And I I didn't know her faith; I had no idea, but I just felt called to talk to her. So I went in. You can imagine doing this to a work associate, right? It takes it takes faith, especially in today's world. But um, so I talked to Audrey, and I said, "Audrey, you know, I'm a cancer survivor. This is what I believe." You know that that this is symbolic of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's the healer. Pete, he, you know, if um, uh, please receive this as a gift from me. And so Audrey, listened and she uh, she just cried. You know, and she we embraced and crying like two babies. <laughs> I mean, and uh, she just said thank you. You know, that's that's one of the most special gifts that I've, that anybody's ever given me. So um, the amazing uh, thing is that again God activates our faith uh, Audrey <clears throat> a couple months later went went to the doctor and they did her scan you know as they figured out how long she was going to live and, and uh, everything she had was gone you know so uh, mm-hmm. it was amazing so she yeah, obviously uh, you know there are miracles and uh, that was miracles it was, it was an amazing thing But again um, lo- love came down for us you know at the moment and, uh, and through this through this experience uh, the other thing that it's done it's, it's really corrected my vision uh, I'd say before that my vision was too focused on myself um, but what that did it just again it's opened up a spiritual realm for me that God opens doors around us all the time it's just our ability to stop take a look and stop and, and help so these doors are opening up and at another time, I could tell you many more things that have happened like that, but it really opened my eyes, so that my eyes can connect with my heart, and I can see people that are hurting, you know, and and uh, just much more able to slow down and really think about other people and, and understand their pain and uh, and their suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I would uh, knowing that I know that the what the evil one does is he he loves he to play an isolation game so. I would imagine there's people here who he is in the middle of isolating. Because one of the things I realize is that he can isolate you where you sit, where you stand, you know. And his his game is to isolate you and tell you lies. Um, so what I would encourage you, and one of the things that that the uh, the vision that that our Lord has given me is to notice those people, and then it's up to us as the body to get around those people, lift them out of their the darkness, lift them out of the lies, and just uh, love on him and uh, and then give him the glory afterwards
2: mm.
3: so it it um, again you know it's 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 crazy to stand up and say that cancer's been the best thing that ever happened to me but it, mm. it's definitely it, it is not because it's the cancer but because of uh the way that the lord the gifts that he's he's given me uh from that time on so Amen. thank you Amen.
0: Uh, Love came down, and I think every person here has a testimony of how God has impacted their lives in profound ways. You're going to get lots of gifts this Christmas that are going to make you really happy, but none will, will bring to you the joy. None will be as precious and as valuable as the gift of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in each of our lives. Love came down and changed the world. Bow your heads with me this morning. You know, we've been, we've been coming together and we've been talking about this over the last few months about who is God and who is Jesus Christ and do we need to take that step of faith? And this morning I want to ask you once again, you know, do you know Christ as your Lord and Savior? It's not about religion, it's about relationship. Love came down and he's holding out a hand to you. He's holding out a gift to you. And in order to truly have a gift, you need to receive that gift. God is offering each of us a gift. And this morning, in, in a symbolic way, if you believe that God raised up Jesus Christ from the dead, if you believe that God sent his only son into this world so that we can have a relationship with him, that God loved us so much that he sent Jesus Christ into this world so that we can have a relationship with him. What I'd like you to do as we close out this morning with everyone's head bowed, I'd just like you to reach, If for the first time in your life, if you're reaching out to God to receive this gift, I'd like you to reach up your hand and hold your hand out like you're receiving a gift this morning. If this is the first time in your life you've done that. Amen. That is so incredible. Thank you so much. This morning after the service, I have a gift for you. If you did reach out your hand, I'm going to put something physical in your hand. Something spiritual has now come into your life. The Holy Spirit of God now indwells you. You have Jesus Christ living with you and in you. You have the power of the resurrection as a part of your life. But I want to give you some, some information, a book, a gift for you to take the next step in your spiritual walk. As we close out this morning, Lord God, I just want to thank you for what you're doing in people's lives, for these testimonies, the way that we're seeing people's lives and hearts revived here at Grace Chapel, the growth that we see in the lives that are being changed. We're so grateful for that. And we thank you in Jesus' name. I want to close out the service this morning with this video.